listening to Fresh Take. You are listening to the Fresh Take Network. What it is, what it do, everyone. You're about to listen to the football podcast we did this week. It's myself and an old friend of the pod, Andy Ken Yar. No senator this week, no Nick, no coach. It has been a busy week for all of us, but we wanted to bring you a fresh take football podcast. Now, on this, Andy and I recorded before a lot of the college games happened, but we had some technical issues on the site and weren't able to put it up until after the college games were done. Still a lot of good content talking about this college football season, even with some of the results now had happened before, or well, rather after you had heard this podcast, but still a great listen with myself and Andy Kenyar. Enjoy the show. What it is, what to do, welcome to Fresh Take 7K Picks, or I guess you can go back in time to footballics. With this guy, Andy Kenyar. It's been a busy week here at FTN, so Senator's going to be doing his solo football, but we brought back in one of our old friends, Andy Kenyar, to talk about the NFL. Hey, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing good. It is a big week in both college and in the NFL, and we'll get to both realms. But first, I guess, on the college side last night, Colorado. Yikes. Uh, I, I mean, you're certainly seeing the you know, the, the reality of a first-year program. Yeah. A- and that's all it is, right? You know, you had these great expectations of what Coach Prime was able to do and all that sort of stuff. But college football is not made in a year. Um, you know, all the transfers, all the other things that happened there, that, that's just not reality. Um, and you saw it against Oregon. You definitely saw it against USC. Um, and you saw it last night. Um, yeah. and, and I think... You know, is it going to look this way if if um, Sidor comes back for another year? No, I, I think this looks like a very different team. And, you know, I think I think Prime is somebody who is going to build that program very, very quickly. Um, but college football is about talent. Like yeah. it is a talent game and the disparity between, you know, great talent and, you know, on a on a on a top 10 team and somebody who is middling in the bottom of the top 25, which I think is what I would put Colorado is the reality. Um, And it's about, it's about quality player at every position and with depth. So when you look at a Georgia or traditionally with an Alabama, or you look at, you know, USC right now or whatever is, the guy who comes in to play three snaps is not actually that much different than the guy who is playing 80% of the snaps, you know, and that's why the NFL is so different, right? Because the NFL has that, like the talent across a 55 man roster is very, very solid. And that's the difference between the premier college teams and the teams that are building like Colorado and and you can't hold that against prime. I think he, you know, culture wise, all that sort of stuff, it's going to be great. Um, you know, I love all the conversations that are coming out where they're like, Oh, if he, you know, he's going to follow Sidor into the, into the NFL. I don't think prime wants any part. I don't think of NFL, NFL guys would listen to him too. Not the same way, but I, I think they would, but I don't, 
But Prime is a teacher. Like, yeah. and he's not just a teacher of football. He's a teacher of life. Like, I think his main focus in a lot of this stuff is I want to help create men. Like, I think he sees that weakness of NFL players that you have these guys who are getting to the NFL who, who don't understand what social media can mean to them. They don't understand what financial, you know, responsibility is going to mean to them. They don't understand what, you know, following different Instagram models is going to mean to them. Like you see the things that he's doing and he is trying to help create better men in today's society. That stuff doesn't matter in the NFL. Like I don't think an NFL player actually gives a shit about that stuff. I think from an X's and O's and from an understanding of football, could he coach in the NFL? Absolutely. He's obviously somebody that everybody would respect, that everybody understands, that everybody would be like, hey, if he says this is the way we should do it, it's probably what we should do. He has been around greatness his entire football life, you know, whether it's with Dallas or with the Niners or with Baltimore, you know, he has been around greatness. And he understands what that looks like as a player, as a system, as a structure, as a culture. So I think he could do it in the NFL, but I don't think he wants any part of it. Like, yeah. you know, he's not like LeBron where he's like, I want to go and be around my kid all the time. I, I think yeah. he's like, I want to make sure my kid is in the best version of himself. So when he becomes an NFL player, he is set up to succeed. Yeah. Um, it's a big, you know, big week here in college football. There's a lot of big games going on right now. You got Syracuse and Florida State. That's a see if Syracuse can bounce back. But just in the next little bit here, Andy, um, Oregon and Washington, really big game there in the pack going on. Um, Missouri, who's five and one going against 24 ranks, Kentucky, Missouri trying to get ranked. How's about the old school rivalry of USC and Notre Dame? That's a must watch game. Another good game in the pack, UCLA and Oregon State. And the big game tonight on ABC, arguably the biggest game in North Carolina football history, potentially, at least in the last 20 years. Carolina versus U. Carolina currently ranked 12th. And you kind of go forward and look at the Tar Heel schedule. And I got a few Tar Heel questions for you afterwards. And you're like, this is such a big game for them because after this, they get they have a path until they get to Duke Clemson where this is going to be a big win for them to potentially be a BCS team. And that's why I say this is the biggest game in Carolina football history, at least in 20 years. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, you, you know, the fact that you have Drake May there and you have sort of the eyes of the NFL fan on your program is yeah. awesome. Um, you know, and I think this is very different than the Sam Howell years because you actually have Drake on a team with, other good players, you know, the yeah. problem obviously with Sam was in his senior season, he lost everybody and he was like, yeah. hey, it's me against the world. This is, and I suck. And now Drake just myself. got Tez Walker back. British books is a really, they got good running backs. Like the defense is much better in Carolina than it was last year. That was a major problem last year. At the end of the yeah. season, the defense really showed its holes. Yeah. So, I mean, I think you're right. I mean, you, you know, you're, you're starting to see, this version of UNC sort of playing some of the, you know, I guess the historically, you know, I don't want to call them blue bloods, but you know, the historically, yeah. you know, great college football teams. And you're excited about that. You know, you, you and I are both UNC fans and, yeah. and, you know, it, it's great to see 
them being competitive within this space and being talked about by the national media because you know it's one thing to have you know the odd player coming out of your program you know from a Julius Peppers you know all the way up to a Sam Howell um you know whether it's Carter or you know the you know the running backs that they brought Javante those you know those guys you know that's great that you have a little bit of focus but this is the focus on USC as a on, on UNC as a team and it's great and I think you're right you know this is they have about a five week stretch coming up here which is going to make or break whether or not they're going to be considered within the, the, the BCS um, and and it's exciting I think the thing to me that is you know if you get away from sort of the the Georgia Michigan Ohio State of it all I think it's awesome that suddenly the pack. 12 or whatever the hell they are now is yeah. really the conference in football. Like it, it the really SEC is. is not the conference right now. You know, you have Alabama in a down year, you have LSU in a down year, you have, you know, Clemson in a down year, you know, these teams that have been historically great. Yes. Georgia still Georgia. Um, but, you know, to see a little bit of a shift to the PAC 12, I mean, God knows if you're a East Coast news guy, this must drive you bananas because you have to stay up till nine o'clock to watch football games. Uh, but that being said, you know the depth of the of the pack is really where where college football is right now. And like you said, absolutely, Oregon or USC or Washington or Washington State, like you've yeah. got some great programs in in the pack right now. I think uh, this has been the most. Look, my team is good, so that helps. But this is the most I have been into college football this year. And I think it's because NIL, uh, I think, is helping because there is more uh, focus on stars. But I think it's also – do you think it's also just because we have such notable names for the draft this year? Because people know who Caleb is. People know who Drake is. Bo Nix is starting to make a name. Irwin from Texas starting to make a name. Brock Bowers, the tight end, making a name. Marvin Harrison Jr., like – Normally you go into draft, there's like one, maybe two prospects that you know, and we're starting to almost get to like 10 deep of prospects that people know into the NFL draft this year. I think this is just a nature of, of the expansion of college football as a whole. Um, you know, I, I have been somebody who's always watched college football. So, uh, you know, I, every year to me, there's always been this number of players that I'm like super interested to see where they're going to come from. Um, you know, maybe as a as a quarterback class, like you said, with um, with Drake, with Caleb, with Ewers, with um, Knicks, you Phoenix. know, you have a you know you have a you have a list of these guys that are like, and it's not guys that you're creating. Like you know, to me, it's not a Trey Lance. It's not uh, you know, you know even Jones. a Sam Howell to a certain extent. Mac yeah. Jones, like these are not players that you're. You're saying, hey, well, this is just the best of what's coming, so let's talk about these guys. It's like this is a list of guys that four or five deep could actually be. And and I guess to a certain extent, they're a little bit more of a traditional NFL quarterback. Yeah. Um, you know, Caleb is a, is a mobile guy, but he fits the bill of more of a maybe a CJ Stroud, like somebody who could run a little bit who, in the who's NFL. Who's the quarterback you like the most right now for the NFL? Cause I have seen the tide turn this week. Some people are like starting to say Drake's more of the guy than Caleb now. Um, I, I think Caleb talent wise. I, I do too. I'm head head and biased, shoulders. Yeah, yeah. I think, I actually think that there's an element though of, of uh, Bo Nix and Ewers from, uh, from Texas 
Yeah. I really like these guys. I think those I like two guys, too. if they, they actually get into the right system, um, and, and to a certain extent, you know, the prime example of this is CJ Stroud going into Houston. He mm-hmm. wound up on a team with, you know, the, the Shanahan coaching tree behind him. And, you know, the block, the Brock Purdy effect has happened to him. He is on a team in a great system where it's a one and two read, read program. And, and you know, very much how, how things work in, in San Francisco with, with Brock. He has good, not great talent around him, but he is in the system that suits him best. If you put these two quarterbacks on, if you put Young in Houston and Stroud in Carolina, both of them are going to suck. Like neither, neither quarterback actually looks good. I think CJ Stroud just wound up in a place with a coaching staff, with an offensive coordinator that are really suit what he's trying to do. Absolutely. Um, and, and I think that, that, that makes a huge difference in terms of, um, you, you know, what, what you're seeing out of those players. Well, it, it, it's really interesting in all that too, Andy, because you, you talk about the system and the whole idea with CJ Stroud this week, there was the rumors that he could potentially be traded to Vegas. Vegas was trying to go hard in on that pick that the Bears had. And it was revealed this week that the Raiders were going to go look to try to take CJ Stroud. And now you look at that situation, you're like, there's no chance in the McDaniel system, at least for what I've seen. I don't know if CJ could have been in the benefit there, but you look at a coach like DeMarco Ryan's, everything that he's been able to do, it's been much more beneficial to uh him to be in that houston system right now and just been absolutely fantastic like i said i think i think the big difference is is that the, you know the offensive coordinator that they have in houston you know coming from that shanahan coaching tree and you know seeing offense in terms of making offense simple and you know i think that's why whether it was jimmy or or now brock purdy you have these guys who are having success because in their system, it's leaning into the things that they do well. Absolutely. All right. Well, we're going to kind of take a break here from the college side of things. Like I said, it's going to be a good week and we're going to kind of go and preview what we have here in the NFL this week. We don't have to go in depth in a lot of these games because quite frankly, some of them don't deserve it. Uh, But we start with another London game. It will be the Ravens and the Titans, the last of the London series. Ravens are favored by four and a half. They've been a little bit beat up. I don't really know what to make of either one of these teams. Both are well coached, but both have had their ups and down seasons. Um, Ravens just couldn't catch a pass for the life of them last week. And Tennessee still has really good. As long as you have Vrabel there, I'm always going to trust them. You're starting to see Spears starting to take a little bit more control of that backfield. Um, I don't really know where to go in this one. I could see the Titans at least covering the spread in this with it being four and a half, but where are you going in this one, Andy? I think this is a Ravens. I think it's actually going to turn yeah. out to be a pretty easy Ravens victory. Um, and the, the, the thing that I, I would say is look out if in the next, say, two to three weeks, the Titans are – out of the out of the the division in the AFC South, I think you're going to see a real push that Henry and Tannehill both go. Um, mm. I I think I think there's a rebuild in the works there, um, and I think somebody like Derrick Henry 
to a team like the Ravens mm. would be a game changer in yeah. terms of where they sit and how he could fit into their system. Um, you know, what do you have if you put a Derrick Henry on Kansas City? Yeah. And you change the nature of how they could run the ball behind Mahomes. Um, or like I said, the Ravens. Um, so I think I think the Tennessee Titans are, are an interesting team right now because you we really have, you know, a couple weeks for them to decide what the rest of this season is going to look like. Um, and you know, honestly, like if they were sitting there at two and six or two and five, with those four quarterbacks coming out, you could tank your way into an opportunity to get one of those four guys and yeah, move well, away from Tannehill. I think and, you're seeing you know, a lot of teams like that. Absolutely. But the thing is, is like Carolina is terrible, but they're not going to draft a quarterback. They can't. They don't have their pick. But you know what I mean? Like, but yeah. as they, as some of those teams are moving away, some of those teams don't need, like, are the bears going to draft another quarterback? Or are they going to stick with Justin? We, we don't know. That's that's up in the air. Um, so you could, I, I think when you, when you look at those three. teams, there's three right now, Tennessee, New England, Denver, and a missing Arizona. one and Arizona, Arizona would probably all be the ones that would. And that, but that opens the competitive quarterback class at the, at the trade deadline, like you're talking about, right. With Tannehill, Tannehill Kirk, Kyler, and maybe Kyler. Yeah. Yeah. Like if, if God, Kyler gets back from, if he can get to a place where he's back from his injury, in time before the trade deadline, I think, I mean, one of my best friends is a, is a, is a Arizona fan and he thinks it's a done deal. Like he thinks he is being traded before the deadline regardless. And we all look at Atlanta. All eyes are on Atlanta, but Desmond Ritter kind of saved himself this past week a little bit. You, you can't, as a, as a franchise, you can't look at the talent that they have on the offensive side of the ball and say, how many years are we going to, struggle to see what this guy looks like as a quarterback yeah but the problem is they're winning games like they run the ball good enough and they're playing good d um that that they are going to win some games and they're like my saints they're living in the worst the you know their schedule is one of the easiest schedules out there so they're going to manufacture wins whether they like it or not (laughs) yeah well that's the next game we have is atlanta taking on the commanders the uh, Falcons are favored by two and a half. The commanders are the most confusing team because they have that game against Philly. You're like, okay, they're good. And Sam is starting to figure things out. And then last week, not so good. I, I think, I I mean, they're another team that I think is going to have to decide what they're going to do here coming up soon. It Because we talked about such a competitive draft this year for good quarterbacks. I think they'll probably, Sam is showing enough right now and having a good offensive coordinator like Eric Benemy. You have seen some pauses there, but they have to make some choices on a guy like Chase Young. And if they want to get some assets for him, among other pieces on their team, like a Terry McLaurin, who someone like Kansas City would give up a decent amount for a Terry McLaurin or a Dotson. Absolutely. And, you know, I think the challenge that you have there is, you know, you, you also don't want to go down the path of what Carolina did, yeah. where you brought in Bryce Young and he has nobody there. Yeah. like. You know, you are setting your young quarterback up for failure by how you have emptied the cupboard, right? You know, you trade CMC away, you trade DJ Moore away, and now you're like, so 
you know, I think they're going to be in the market for maybe a T Higgins or somebody like that. If, if those guys become available, Carolina is going to be a buyer in that wide receiver market. If Terry McLaurin became available, Hunter Renfro, um, Hunter Renfro um, you know, I think, I think they are a prime team that would go out and, you know, if, if Tennessee decides they're going to move on from DeAndre Hopkins, he's somebody that I would bring into that, to that Carolina program and have him mentor young receivers. Um, so I, I think when you look at that, you know, if you're, if you're going to stay with Sam Howell or, you know, what you're going to do as a commander's team, I would be real leery of emptying that cupboard there um, because, you know, you just, you know, the difference between Bryce Young and CJ Stroud is Nico Collins and Tank Dell. Like those weapons are making CJ Stroud look better than the nonsense that, that, uh, you know, yeah, Adam Thielen is there and he's a good possession receiver, but Adam Thielen doesn't, should not be getting 12, 13 targets a game. Like that, that speaks to what else is on that team. Uh, I'm going to go with the commanders in that game, by the way. Again, this team is confusing. I, I hope but so. I, as I, a, as, yeah, as sure a NFC South fan, I, I am very anti-Atlanta, so I root against them regardless. Don't have to talk about this game very much. Niners going to Cleveland, no Deshaun Watson. Browns defense is good. Niners are the best team in football. That's all I really have to say. Uh, if you have anything to say, we can say it quick, and then we'll move on. Nope, I uh, I, I think you're right. I think uh, you know the, this is maybe a bit of a trap game for the Niners. They you know maybe. this could wind up this could wind up being a, a low scoring game that you know maybe a special teams or a, or a defensive touchdown for the Browns could could spin this around. Um, they do stop the run really well, so maybe that allows them to contain CMC a little bit. Um, but that being said, you know, contain CMC to 50 yards rushing, and he probably gets 120 yards receiving. Um, just just how they're they're structured right now, um, and so because of that, yeah, the Niners are an easy pick. PJ Walker's the quarterback this week for the Browns, I believe. Sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... This game you actually do care about. Saints traveling to Texans. Saints are favored by one and a half. It has been uh, an interesting season for your Saints. The defense is doing everything it can. Kamara looks great, but up and down with DC at times. Absolutely. And and the offensive line has done DC no favors. Um, yeah. He is constantly under pressure. Um, and I think because of that, it's, it's hindered some of his decision-making. Like you see three or four plays a game where you're just like, stop holding the ball. Like just get rid of it. Been there. Um, I've been there. <laughs> and, and there, there has to be enough. And the one thing that I'll ask you as, as, as obviously as a Raiders fan, yeah. DC seems adamantly against throwing the ball over the middle. He pushes oh, the ball man. to the boundary yeah. so well. Yeah. Uh, he, he might throw one of the best deep balls in the NFL. Like it's yep. nice and high. There's tons of touch. Like he gives the receivers tons of opportunity in those situations, but his ability to throw a 10 yard crosser into the middle, you always watch like Olave has had a bunch of these catches where he's crossing across the middle. And it's not until he gets past the second hash that suddenly that ball is, is, is let go. He seems adamantly against throwing the ball between the hashes down the middle yeah he does it it, it i mean and, and also there's a lot of check downs and throwaways and th those are the some of the most frustrating such but he's not throwing about... it away right now he's eating it he's eating it into well, sacks right now which is driving me nuts 
Yeah, well, that's good because he was he was always afraid to get hit at times. So that's maybe changed a little bit. He there is a good and bad. I mean, I I do think with us, I I defiantly think if we had Derek, we would have won both the Chargers and the Pittsburgh game. I really do. At least the Pittsburgh game. You're probably right. Sure. Uh, maybe yeah. I don't know, but you know the Chargers game. I don't want to make it about us yet, but AOC and I thought in that first half was a rookie and making rookie mistakes where if you had a veteran in that Chargers game with the the missing pieces on defense, they would have missed. And I think too, for Derek, you know, he was in a place for nine years. So he's figuring things out, right? And he has the weapons. Michael Thomas is starting to look a little bit more like Michael Thomas. And, you know, talking about the beautiful deep ball, he has that. He's had it to Coop and Crab and to Devontae last year. And he's starting to find it a lot more to uh, Rashid. Who's who's really finding that deep ball with him and having it with Olave? So, you know, it's five games in, and you're starting to see he's starting to find time with his. He, he's typically a big tight end guy, but you guys have so many tight ends. It did seem like he started to get some connection with Foster again, though. Well, the problem is, is right now we have all of the tight ends are basically stuck chipping to help the tackles out. Yeah, because we're getting murdered around the edge. So. You're you're putting guys like Jimmy Graham or Foster Moreau. Um, um, Jawan Johnson has been hurt for the last three games, um, but you know you have these guys who are talents who could you know potentially you know make those catches over the middle. Um, but you're you're forcing these guys to have to 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 chip and help the O line out. Um, and, and you know, like you said, like you look at at the receiving core and you look at Alvin, like. We should be a pick your poison team. You want to take the deep ball away? Yep. Good. We got guys who can kill you over the middle with Alvin and Mike T. You and and the tight ends. You want to take the middle and the short and run game away? Good. Because we got Alave and Shahid. We should be able to murder you over the top. Like we should have an answer for everything in terms of where like where our skill guys are. And not just like an average skill guy, but Alave deep, Mike T over the middle. And Alvin in the backfield, like we have legitimate Pro Bowl, all pro players at each level that should be able to take advantage of that. But again, you're just not you're just not seeing quite the processing out of Derek Hart that you would like to see. And maybe that's just because mm-hmm. he's been under duress so much. Um, and and because of the struggles of the O-line, it's forcing us to do way more like, you know, like I said, like chipping and 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 stuff like that. And we're, we're not getting like one of the things that I love about Derek Carr is he is actually a really good quarterback on the rollout. Yes. And we're, we're not moving him around enough. You know, that to me is something that, that he is so good at and we keep him in the pocket and we're trying to ask him to do sort of some of the Drew Brees, like step up through the pressure. And you can see he is not comfy doing that. Like he is not looking downfield when he's doing that. He's looking at, you know, the, he's looking at the rush the whole time. Uh, you know, he is just, he is just not quite Drew Brees when it comes to that step up, move out of the, you know, move ahead of the protection and then make that, that throw down the field. That is just not something that he does. Uh, with all that said, and we talked about CJ, so I don't think we have to talk too much more about CJ and the Texans. I do like what they're doing this year, but I'll, I'll take the Saints in this one. Yeah, I mean, I I think we saw a little bit of the recipe with with what they did against uh, the Patriots. Um, you know, yeah. obviously the Patriots are a team really really struggling right now. Oh yeah. Um, but I think 
this is going to be a version of defense that is different than what CJ has seen. Um, you know, the, the, the strength of the Dennis Allen defense is his ability to disguise coverage. And, you know, that's not something that CJ has seen. I, I feel like this is, you know, he hasn't thrown a pick yet. CJ Stroud hasn't thrown a pick yet. I think this is a game where, you know, he probably has maybe two. Um, and yeah, and, and, and you've seen that because people are rough. flexing the Saints defense and, uh, the Saints and the Raiders seem to do the two main flexes on defenses this week. Yeah. Uh, another game we don't have to talk too much about Carolina, Miami, Miami squash. No, Devin Chin doesn't really matter. Slide in whoever you want. Mozart, uh, Selvin Ahmad, maybe in there. I don't think Jeff Wilson is going this week. So, whoever you want, it's just going to be a beatdown. Yeah, agreed. Uh, interesting game. Uh, Seahawks and Bengals. Bengals are favored by three. Burrow looked a lot better, but that was against Arizona, who has been frisky this year. Give the Cardinals a little bit of credit on that. I do like what I've seen from the Seattle team. I do think that first game against the Rams, I think they were caught a little bit off guard by the Rams. It does feel like they're figuring things out. They got the bye, so I'm assuming Gino is good to go. And I've liked the the step up of the rookies on the, the secondary for the Seattle team with Witherspoon, with Kobe, with Jackson. Uh, has really stepped up. I'll take the Seahawks in this one. Um, I, I think Burrow won't be as bad as what we've seen in the past, but I do think the Seattle defense will shake them up a little bit. See, I, I'm, I'm the opposite. I, I, what I saw out of, out of Burrow the last game is you saw him. Sorry, I, you actually saw him drive the ball. Uh, yeah, which was very different than the first four games of the season, uh, and I think that. You know, if you if he can do that, if he can drive the ball down the field, you know, the running game looks better. The tight ends look better, you know, and you have that elite weapon in Jamal Chase that I think you can lean on. Um, the whole key to this game is going to be, can the Bengals stop the run on the way to Geno? Um, and if they can do that, um, and, and, you know, Kenneth Walker has been fantastic. Um, you know, he, he is somebody that I have really, really started to appreciate his running style. You know, he has a little Le'Veon Bell in him in terms of that, like stop in the hole and, and burst through. Um, and, and I think Charbonnet is going to be somebody that you're going to really start to see them lean on. I think he is, I feel like he's the better between the tackles runner. Um, and you know, as they get into games that they need to grind clock and do a little bit more of that, I think, um, you know, they'll do that. But I, I see the Bengals, I see, I see the Bengals getting back to 500 here, you know, kind of along the same route that they took last year, a little, you know, yeah. bit of a struggle start and, and get rolling at, at sort of the, you know, the week six, seven, eight sort of period. Um, and, and I, like I said, I, I saw the version of Joe Burrow last week that is like, oh, there he is. You know, there's the guy who's not floating balls, who's not, you know, throwing balls that it was like, well, I think I can get it there. Like he was confidently driving the ball into into windows. And if that's what the Seattle Seahawks are going to have to deal with this week, then I, I think the Bengals can take that game quite easily. Uh, Colton Jags. Jags are favored in this one by four. I have loved what I've seen from the Colts. I still don't know really know what to make out of this Jags team. Minshew has been a nice backup. It's the, it sucks that AR keeps on getting hurt. I guess I will lean on the Jags winning this one, but it could be a fun game. I, I think it's interesting because I think Anthony Richardson is is getting the the running quarterback trial by fire. Like, yeah, he's now been knocked out of three games. You know, three of the five games he's played, and he missed one game. Uh, 
and it, it's you know you, you saw some things like even even the first game that he came back you know in that first half you know they ran him on the goal line two or three times and i'm like what are you doing like zach moss is killing it for you guys why are you running why are you putting your quarterback into danger like it just makes no sense um you know i think last week you saw you know a move away from that you know yes he got hurt but they weren't running him the same way um in terms of you know putting him into harm's way like you have an elite running game zach moss you have jonathan taylor back you know all that is is good why are you putting your quarterback into situations where he's in the open field taking full on licks like yes he's a big man but cam newton was a big man too and that turned out badly for him over the course of his career also um and you just you just have to be smarter with that that young asset that you have in in anthony richardson uh i'll take the jags who you taking i'm taking the jags too uh vikings and bears i don't want to talk too much about this game um no jj i don't i guess i'll kind of take the bears and the upset here uh the vikings are such an interesting team I wonder with JJ, it's such an interesting asset, especially in fantasy right now. Hamstrings are always lingering, Andy, all the time. Um, and with the trade deadline coming up, we talked about those quarterbacks, Tannehill, Kyler, and Kirk is a big one. I, I do wonder with this team, do the Vikings kind of just are okay with packing it up this year? JJ is going to be out for four games. This is not a playoff team anymore. You potentially have a chance to be in for those big rookie quarterbacks. Cousins is going to be gone at the end of the year because he's a free agent. And with no, I mean, yeah, you got Addison, you got KJ there. What are you doing if you're the Vikings right now? Like if they, if they do lose this game, is that next week now when you're talking to the Jets, or talking to the Falcons about Kirk Cousins? I, I think it's interesting. Like, you know, you watched the Vikings last year, you know, they won 11 of 12, you know, one score games. Yeah. And you're seeing them, re- re- you know, regress to the mean here this year. But they're in every game. Like they it's are. not this like they're getting blown now. out. Yeah. 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 They've they've now lost four one score games. Um, and you know, you look at that and you're like, in that in that dodgy division, how long like you can ride this for quite some time before you start throwing the towel in because the division stinks. Um, you know, if Looks they get Detroit. on a roll and they 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 yeah, but you know, you you actually have a chance where you could but you could clean up in your division as you get into later in the season and put yourself into a wild card spot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think because of that, I look at it and say, Hey, maybe, um, you know, maybe you tough it out a little bit longer than you think you should. Um, you, you're right. JJ going down, that's a big loss. Um, you know, by the time he's back, they may be in a position where it doesn't, just doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so they're going to be – I will take the Bears in this one, though. Uh, I, I think you're right. I think, you know, I, I think this is just a, a matter of, you know, I think it's going to be a, a, probably a weird scoring game. There will be some rushing touchdowns and that sort of thing. You know, Fields, you know, everybody's saying it looked like he found something last last week, but really it, it was just that Washington just didn't feel like defending DJ Moore. Um, you know, they were doing two high safeties – and the second high safety was never rolling the DJ more way. It, he didn't catch balls over the middle. Everything was on the boundary. And you're like, what are you doing? This is the only guy that can hurt you. 
and you allow him to hurt you for 240 yards and two touch and three touchdowns. Like this, this is just horrible coaching by Washington. Um, so I, I would guess that Minnesota does a lot of this, you know, too high safety and probably leans everything over the, over towards more. And maybe it's Cole Komet that can, can beat you. But, you know, again, I think this is like a 13, 10 type of game. Um, yeah. And probably painful to watch. <laughs> uh, we head to the afternoon. Patriots travel to Vegas to take on the Raiders. Raiders beat Green Bay last week. They've been in a lot of one score games. You, like I said, you could argue they could have, if it wasn't for questionable calls from Josh McDaniels, won either the Steelers or the Chargers game. Uh, the Patriots are just, just just a disaster. They may be the worst team in the NFL, them or the Broncos, but they don't have Matt Judon. They don't have Gonzalez anymore. Mac Jones has been an absolute disaster. You saw them last week firsthand. Vegas is favored by three. That almost seems low right now, but I think people are still undecided if this Vegas team is good or not. They're very confusing to me, obviously. Uh, I do have the Raiders winning this game. I actually do think this could be quite a blowout, actually. Oh, I was going to say, I think I'm shocked that this is not a double-digit line for the for Vegas. Like, three points feels like you're just not – like, Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs alone should be a 10-point win. <laughs> Yeah, and you saw the Raiders, they're trying to get the tight ends more involved. You saw Hooper and Myers. Myers, who's a talented young uh, tight end, started to get him more involved. Uh, I don't think this will be like the, the game last year when uh, Jacoby threw the pass to Chandler Jones and the Raiders walked away with a victory. This is going to be a much different game. And uh, then we'll uh, see kind of where the Patriots go. And they they will definitely be in for one of those those four or five quarterbacks in the draft next year. I, I think so too. I, I think the the challenge that the Patriots have is, you know, you just look at that roster. There's just not a ton of talent on that roster from no. top to bottom. Like, yeah. you know, I think the challenge that you have, and I, and I, the irony of this is I think you're seeing it with Sean Payton and I think you're seeing it with Bill Belichick, you know, the things that you thought made them great. Maybe a lot of that was that you had 15, 20 years of quarterback greatness Mm-hmm. that allowed your vision of how you thought your team should run work. And when you take that away, maybe you're not quite the, you know, it, it's always interesting that I think the NFL is that, that, that league where it's a very much a team game. It's not like the NBA where one great player can really make you a great team, but clearly great quarterback play is something that is the great equalizer. And, you know, I think the league in general right now is really enjoying the 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 Sean Payton ass kicking that he's taking because yes. he's been, you know, an arrogant guy for a lot of time in New Orleans. And, you know, he is that guy who ran it up on people and talked shit about people and all that sort of stuff. And maybe all of that was just a reflection of, you know, how great Drew Brees really was that it allowed him to do a lot of that stuff. And I think, you know, you're seeing that same thing with Bill Belichick. Like you don't have Tom Brady there to equalize out your lack of talent. And, you know, the things that, that Bill was good at in terms of player development and, and, and free agents, like the one thing that he's typically been very good at is finding free agent guys that fit into his system. He has never been good at drafting players. And that no. problem is really, really giving them trouble now. The fact that they don't have that quarterback to balance things out and they're still a shitty drafting team. 
Yeah. Uh, and I mean, and, and for Vegas, you look at the schedule. I mean, as a Raider fan, Andy, it's this team is very confusing. I'd love them to be in that quarterback sweepstakes, but you look at the upcoming uh, set of games before the bye Bears, Lions, Giants, Jets, Dolphins, Chiefs. There's three really hard games and three very winnable games in there. And then they come back from the bye Vikings, Chargers, Chiefs, Colts, Broncos. Like, shit, this is going to be a team that very well will be in there to the very end for the wild card because they're just. They are very in the middle road. Like there's always the good, bad team. This may be the good, bad team or the good, the bad, the good, mediocre team. Cause they, they have so much talent that it's overpossessing the areas that are shit like coaching. Absolutely. Yeah. No, you're not wrong at all. Uh, then we go to the rest of the afternoon again. And not a lot. I'll, I'll kind of get some of the, the shitty games out of here. Eagles and jets does feel like a little bit of a trap game. In some ways, because Zach Wilson has looked a little bit better at times. And that but Jets I, defense is legit. It like, does. It, that Jets defense is going to give everybody trouble all year long. And, you know, you saw it in, in you know, the, the one game Zach plays good. And you're like, oh, if Zach plays, like, decent, they gave Kansas City all they could handle. And it's like, I, I think that's going to be the way the Jets are going to be all season. The yeah. only thing that worries me, I guess, is, you know, you're going to get to week 13, 14, 15, and that Jets D is going to be like, I'm kind of tired of, like, holding this team up. Well, that's why Zach's they're going to not... be looking at Cousins or Kyler or Tannehill, potentially, because those are right. better options that they can use. And, and, you know, this is, you know, Zach's got this opportunity, and if he can play like he did against Kansas City, then he's going to be just fine. If they keep leaning on the run game like they did with Brees Hall, um, they're going to be fine because that defense is going to keep them in games. Like, yes, all they got to do is score 17, 19 points a game, and they're going to be in every single game. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they're, they are definitely an interesting team. And they're a trap game for every good team. Like you every Jets in this that, one. I think, I think, I think the Eagles win this game, but that's six and a half. Yeah. I would bet the I, I would take the Jets on the spread because I That's think the thinking. Jets are going to keep this thing super close. Uh, Cardinals and Rams. This this Cardinals team is very confusing. This Rams have everybody back. I, again, I kind of wouldn't be shocked. I don't know. I would almost go on the line. I wouldn't be shocked if the Cardinals win. I also think the lines may be a little bit high because Dobbs and the Cardinals have been frisky. I think no Connor really hurts really hurts the cards like yeah. i think I that, I the, think that who, lack of running game and the and sort of the you know he was catching a lot of balls out of the backfield as well but was really yeah. helping them kind of keep drives moving um and now you see that rams offense with cooper cup and puka nakua and it's like this is right up stafford's alley right like he's getting yeah. rid of the ball on time everything comes out early he you know they're always ahead of the chain you know, this Rams team is, I think, is going to be real frisky in the second half if those two guys can stay healthy. And Kieran Williams has proven that he's, you know, he's not good, he's not somebody who's going to be like 120 yards a game, but he's great in the red zone. You know, he, he helps keep drives going. He does just enough for what this Rams team needs because that passing game is so effective. Uh, and then our last afternoon, Detroit and the Bucks. Bucks, I think, have been better than anyone thought they would be. Uh, Baker has been better than anyone thought he could be. There's no Gibbs in this game, but I don't think that really matters for Detroit right now because it's been all about Monty. Sun God is back. The line for this is three. I think it's because Tampa has 
exceeded expectations, but I wouldn't be shocked. And their D like is that. legit too. Like that that yeah. Tampa D is good. Yeah. Um, they're they you know the the two linebackers take a ton of stuff away over the middle. Um, so it, I I think. I actually think this is a game where Jamison Williams actually is probably going to be a real big factor. I think yeah. they're going to be able to push the ball down the field against these guys. If they can hold up, if the O-line can hold up against the pressure. Uh, I, I, I like the lions. I think you're right. I think that that three points is, is a little light. Um, you know, that, that lions team is, is a solid team. Dan Campbell really has them playing. And Ben Johnson is my favorite hopeful future Raider coach. But I, again, I think we're just going to win enough this year that Josh is going to keep his job, which is really annoying. <laughs> um, <laughs> then uh, Sunday night, I wish this was flexed. Giants and Bills don't have the time. It's 14 and a half for the Bills. Bills win. Oh, this is going to be – after watching that Seattle game, I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. my God. Like, it, It's just a nonstop path to the quarterback. Daniel Jones is going to be dead by then. He's not season. even playing. He's not playing. Tyra oh, Taylor. but the, you know what I mean? Like, the, he, yeah, yeah. this is going to be an endless parade. Now, yeah. that being said, no Milano for the for the for the Bills. If Saquon yeah. come come back, then maybe maybe the the Giants have a way to at least slow this game down. And yeah, there know, is pieces missing out. from that D. No Milano, no Tredarius White. Now, like, White. pieces are getting yeah. shipped from that defense slowly. But you also have Vaughn comes back, mm-hmm. and you know suddenly that that's going to change that pass rush, but. I do think in terms of stopping the run, um, you know, I think the the Bills are going to struggle a little bit more with stopping the run. They weren't doing a great job before, um, even with Milano. And I think with him out, that that's going to change the, the the direction of this game. And final game, Monday night, Cowboys travel to L.A. to take on the Chargers for a Cowboys home game. I think Chargers are going to win this game. I I am not a believer of this Cowboys team. I think they got seriously exposed by the Niners. Um, I think losing Diggs in that secondary is a way bigger deal than anybody really thought. Yeah, you're seeing that. And you're you're just seeing the the deficiencies of Dak Prescott are were on full display in that Niners game. And I think the Chargers, with their pass rush, can can recreate that exact same problem. Um, you know, I think when you look at Mac and Bosa, those two guys are going to be, you know, pushing Dak up in the pocket where he doesn't want to be a lot. And uh, I think that's a recipe for disaster for the Cowboys. This is the last question I'll ask you: Are the Cowboys a potential sneaky Kirk Cousins team? No. Because, because I of think the money Dak Jerry, has. Well, Jer- well, Jerry loves Dak. Like I, I yeah. think he is blindly, blindly loyal. I, I think what you're seeing is you're seeing the the McCarthy play calling problems. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you know, you're you're just it's such a a crappy vanilla offense. You know, you're not using CD Lamb right. You're not using Brandon Cooks right. You're not using Pollard right. Like, you know, you're just you have these weapons that are just not the factors that they should be, and whether you want to say it's all on Dak or you want to say that it's on McCarthy's play calling, you know, you, you saw the same thing in, in green Bay when, when McCarthy was calling plays there. Yeah. You know, it's just such a vanilla offense that it, 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 it's just not realistic and you don't have the quarterback there with Dak to be able to make up the differences that, that McCarthy had with Aaron Rodgers. Like Aaron was able to make, you know, 
chicken salad out of chicken shit. Um, yeah. And this is this is not something that I think you can put on Dak and and you know expect the same result. I think the only way the Cowboys win this game is if they basically put the ball in Pollard's hands maybe 25, 30 times. And again, you know, it's kind of same same path to victory as, as maybe with the Giants. You slow this game right down. Um, you try to limit the possessions of of the Chargers because then with Eckler back and, you know, you know, you seeing Keenan Allen is just killing it right now. Um, you know, that that Chargers offense is is going to score points. And I don't know if, if the Cowboys can keep up. All right. Well, thanks, Andy. It's fantastic to have your NFL and football insights. And he also did a Marvel pod with us. So go check out that. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Until next time, folks, cheers. Enjoy the games and enjoy the day. Thank you for listening to the Fresh Take Network. Follow us on social media platforms at Fresh Take 42.